you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We are live in New York City. It is Monday, October 3rd. My name is Sarah Walsh. Nobody here is jet lagged from London. <laughs> At least I'm not. Alongside Kyle Brandt, Friedrich Schrager, and our Super Bowl champ, Jason McCourty. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Pleasure. Love Pleasure. seeing you. How you doing? It's time now for the lead block. Lead block. Lead block. Lead block the program brings us the Chiefs, the Buccaneers. They're all coming off a loss. Are they already up 7-3 if the Bucks fumble the opening kickoff? And then we're just doing Mahomes things. We're doing that. We're doing a juju. We're breaking tackles. 41-31, and it wasn't that close. The Chiefs hung 41 points on the Bucks. And let's go to Mahomes, who's like, stop saying this is my last game against Brady. That's a great football team. I mean, that's a great defense, a great team, but they're led by the best quarterback of all time. And so to come to their house um, and find a way to score some points and find a way to win, I mean, it gets you kind of hopefully get you kickstarted into the rest of this year. I feel like I've had the last game against Tom Brady like four times now. So uh, until he is not on that field when I step on the field, I I'm not going to believe this is my last game against him. So Mahomes and company and Brady and the Bucks their second straight loss. Guys, what did you take mm. away from this game last night? Man, for me, it was the rushing game. You know, we talk about Tom Brady, we talk about Patrick Mahomes, but it was so lopsided. For the Chiefs, they typically don't run the ball, but for whatever reason, they found something in that Buccaneers defense, and they took advantage of it. For the Bucs, they're usually stopping the run. Chiefs only averaged two yards a carry the week before. There was the most yards that Bucks defense have given up yep. in the last five seasons. Edwards Hilaire and Pacheco both combined for 155 yards on 30 carries. I know Mahomes was special, throwing touchdown passes all over the place, but that was huge. The Bucs had, I think, three yards rushing. Leonard Fournette wasn't able to do anything. Brady throws the ball 50 times. We said he got hit, he got up, he figured it out. The arm was okay because he threw the heck out of the ball. But for me, just watching that last night and the dominance that they had on the ground, they ran behind their center Humphreys, they ran behind Joe Tooney up front, and they were able to make such a dent. And when you're able to run the ball like that, it's impossible to win the game because now for the mm -hmm. Chiefs offense, you're two-dimensional. You can hand the ball off to Edwards Hilaire or Pacheco, or you can play action and be able to make plays down the field. So for me, that was the biggest takeaway because we're not used to seeing this I Chief offense. I thought Tariqo was great on it in the fourth quarter. You're seeing a lot of Rashad White, who's the rookie, and you're saying, well, where's Fournette? Fournette's played 85% of the snaps this season. That's like, that's not sustainable. Yeah. So they needed someone else to get in there. And, Jason, all due respect, and I know you went first on this thing, how do we not talk Mahomes <laughs> out of the game? Mahomes was unbelievable. He's playing like a player possessed. It was so good. We have the Amazon Next Gen stats. I love when they do these pixelated versions. I feel like I could do a TV show only on the pixelated because it's so fun. And I'm not the only one who was blown away by this. I thought Travis Kelsey was great after the game, and he nailed it. Can we hear Travis Kelsey talking about his magician, Patrick Mahomes, at quarterback? 
The NFL hasn't seen anything like Pat Mahomes, I promise you that. And you saw it today. He's the Houdini of our era, man. The guy just finds ways to make plays throughout the game. I mean, big-time third downs, big-time goal line plays, just willing our team into the end zone, willing, willing our team to win, and that's our ultimate leader, man. I know we're in a Josh Allen era sometimes, uh, in a Lamar era, uh, but uh, when Mahomes is Mahomes, there's no one close to him, and he was Houdini, and he was Michael Jordan, and he was everything else you want to throw in there as far as the hyperbole goes, but none of it's enough when he plays like that. They can't be beaten when he's on his game. Mm. There's still no one scarier than Mahomes when he's on. Yeah. I mean, Allen is coming for it, and Lamar, and Herbert, and, and Rodgers in his own way, but when it, you, you know when you're watching one of the Mahomes games, there's still nothing more terrifying about it, and I think this was significant, too, because I think this was the real unveiling, like the Steve Ballmer, Steve Jobs type on the stage unveiling of the post-Tyreek Chiefs offense. I, I, I really do. Mm. Every touchdown he threw was to a tight end or a running back. That's going to kind of be their deal. I, I don't know if you can win a Super Bowl with it or not, but I think they showed what they're about. We're about playing defense, hitting the tight ends, and not just Kelsey, hitting the running backs. And it's just, this was one of those nights where they lost last week, and the sky's always falling, no matter who, I don't know how the hell they lost to the Colts, but the sky's always falling. Every time they could be 12-0, go to 12-1, and everyone says, break up the thing. This was the sign of the post-Tyreek. We've been waiting. I think they've been treading water for a few weeks. Is this going to work? This is it. That was a very, very, very scary you night. Watch, I know you're angry, Ron. Like, do you watch Pacheco run? I know. This but, guy is furious. I know. And I think their announcers were on it. It's, you can see the lower body strength. It's yep. like when Pacheco runs, you can see him on the squat rack. Like, the bar is bending, <laughs> and he's doing one of those. It looks awesome. You said top five <clears throat> Mahomes highlight ever. I think it's top three. I really do, because there's 50 different layers to it, and we'll break it down all week. I'm going to go to the Bucs side of things, only because there is going to be, anytime there's Tom Brady involved, it's going to be this panic of, totally. look at this team, like, falling apart. <laughs> and just to put it in perspective, there's been so many questions being in Tampa about this offense. This offense hasn't been able to produce points, touchdowns. Again, this is, they got beat last night. Yeah. There's no question about yeah. that. But that offense offense you saw with Mike Evans and when Brady has his people back on the field they hadn't scored more than 20 points in the game this season they put up 31 last night obviously it was a game of catch-up the bigger surprise is this defense has been phenomenal has been lights out they've only given up 27 points total coming into this game yeah and then what you expect out of this defense is just not what we saw last night they had a bad night I, I mean maybe do we chalk it up to Mahomes was that good who out there in the world was going to stop him last night? But uh, Nacho, Raheem Nunez Rocha said afterwards, mm. you know, I'm still trying to figure out what even happened. I mean, I think they're shell-shocked. That is not the norm for yeah. this Buccaneers mm. team. I don't think it will be the norm. I think they had a bad game. And it was funny, I got a text from my brother last night, and he goes, hey, I'm just saying, last time the Bucs lost in prime time to the Chiefs, they won a Super Bowl. They did. Yeah. 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 There they, it is. They are a team that notoriously gets things corrected when things go wrong. So I don't I, I don't think there's a panic Two button. in a row at home, though. Mm. I know Tough. it's a Packers and Chiefs. Two in a row mm. at home mm. is like, They also those. had the toughest four-game schedule to true, start a season. True. They were missing a ton of guys, and they came out mm -hmm. of it two and two. I know I sound like the biggest homer because I'm from the Tampa Bay area. I just don't think that things are not perfect, but I just don't think it's a panic situation. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the latest from around the league from our own NFL Network insider, Ian Rappaport. Ian, fill us in here. A couple running backs are dealing with injuries after Sunday. Give us the latest on Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams. Yeah, a couple big-time running backs, a couple big-time fantasy running backs as well. Uh, we'll start with Jonathan Taylor, who has a short week this week. He has an ankle injury, and this one bears watching. He had tests right after the game last night, and while the belief is that his ankle injury is not overly serious, nothing major, nothing that will keep him off the field for a while, the fact that he has a short week means certainly this is something we have to keep our eye on for the Indianapolis Colts who have 
no doubt struggled out of the gate this year a little bit, and maybe their best player, maybe their most important player. This is one we will keep our eye on as we await those test results. Meanwhile, worst situation for Javante Williams, starting running back for the Denver Broncos. The fear, according to sources, is that he suffered a serious and major knee injury. He's got an MRI and some other tests this morning just to ascertain the full extent of the injury. But guys, there's really not a lot of optimism here looking at a potential lengthy absence or maybe even a season-ending absence. More information as it comes on Javante Williams. For the Denver Broncos, this means Melvin Gordon, who had a huge fumble yesterday, but also has had some really good moments this year. Maybe the one they are counting on down the stretch in Denver. All right, Ian, thank you. We have so much to get to with you later on in the show. And the NFL family has come together to support Hurricane Ian recovery efforts in Florida. Visit NFL.com slash auction to bid on authentic and game-worn items to support the American Red Cross Hurricane Ian relief efforts. You can also visit www.redcross.org slash NFL or text the word Ian to 9999. It's so easy. I did it yesterday. It takes two seconds to send a text for $10 to make a donation to those in need right now in Florida. So we talked about it in London. If Doug Peterson wins a Super Bowl with Jacksonville, would he become the first head coach ever to have statues for two different teams? I think he would. And he was up 14-0 in this game, and it was the, the Peterson uh, explosion. But no, Philadelphia is too good. They're too powerful. They just leaned on them, and then they rolled them up in the end. They win 29-21. to Again, they were getting killed, really, at home, and the Philly stays undefeated, Peter. Don't worry, Eagles fans. We'll get a lot more into undefeated Eagles in a bit. But you said that two teams were hanging in there, and then all of a sudden one of them rolled the other. That was the same story with Cowboys commanders. Dallas ran away with this. When it was close early, Jerry's a happy man. He's 3-1, and one, and Dak is on the mend. Baltimore Ravens would take on the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills would go on to win this game as they come back. John Harbaugh makes a huge decision in the fourth quarter, deciding to go for it. That was the question. That was what everybody wanted to know, and he was forced to face that question, and here's what he had to say. I felt like he gave us the best chance to win the game because seven, the worst that happens is if they go down the field and score, and I think we'll get them stopped. But if they go down the field and score a touchdown, the worst thing that can happen is that you're in overtime. But you kick a field goal there, now it's not a three-down game anymore. It's a four-down game. You're, you're putting them out there. You're putting your defense at a disadvantage because they've got four downs to convert all the way down the field and a chance to again score seven, and then you, you lose the game on a touchdown. Okay, so everyone's waiting to see what he's going to say, no. and then you hear what he says, and... I'm not sure that you're like, oh, now I get it. So <laughs> what happened? What do you think, Peter? I, I, I want to hear Peter's thoughts. If you've watched the Ravens' defense, yeah. you understand it. <laughs> and this is the elephant in the room. The Ravens have lost five straight home games. Five straight. Like, five straight. Franchise and, record. And this defense does not resemble mm. what we think of. We think of Ed Reed. We think of Ray Lewis. We think of Michael McCrary. T-Sizzle. 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 <laughs> The Ravens cannot stop anyone on defense in the second half, and they weren't stopping Josh Allen. So I'm with Harbs on this one. I know this is not a popular take, but you don't think that the Bills are going to run the ball for the next five minutes and you're not going to get the ball back. You think, all right, we score here. Three does nothing. Allen's going to come right down. He's been coming down on our defense the entire day. We got to get some, you know, something. We're going for a touchdown. And if, guess what? If we don't get the touchdown, they're starting from the one. Well, no, they start from the 20 because you threw a pick. <laughs> it, it couldn't have gone worse for Harbaugh, but the decision in itself, I don't crush. 
if you haven't watched Ravens football in the last 20 months, their yeah. defense isn't very good anymore. And that's because of injuries. It's because of their inability to stop big players. But Josh Allen was doing whatever he wanted in the second half. So to Harbaugh's point, I know they're going to have their whole march down field. Three points might mean nothing if they've got four downs to do it. Yeah. Let's get. Let's try to go for yep. seven. And if we don't get seven, they're on the one-yard line. Well, guess what? It got intercepted. It was on yeah, the 20. Yeah. Things changed. It didn't touch the ball again. It could not have gone worse. Uh-huh. I can't kill the decision. Yeah. I'm not banging on the table disagreeing with you. I think this is more an interesting moment in time for the NFL. Even an old schooler like Harbaugh, even a made guy like Harbaugh, in these moments, this is a strange time. you got a million guys giving you a million pieces of information about mm-hmm. analytics and all this, and so that's new. And then it's never been cooler to go for it. There, there's never been more media focus on that, more fan pressure on that. I mean, we go back to week one with, with Brian Dayball and the New York Giants decided to just go for it, and he like won over the entire city because they got it. I think that's in these guys' heads now in addition to the math. So it's almost like the nerds from math and the cool kids to say go for it are both in your heads at the same time. The backdrop of five straight home losses, like we got to win this thing. We got to. And then if you're going to go with some sort of analytics or some sort of math that says go for it. On the other end, stay consistent. They should have let the Bills score. Like every piece of information says let them score, of which you had multiple chances. Josh Allen ran a quarterback sneak and there was a Devin Singletary run down to the one in which there was a minute 40 left. So they have no timeouts, but they got a minute 40 and you put the ball in Lamar's hands. So I feel like he was inconsistent in his approach. I feel like the moment caught up with him a little bit and I feel like the era caught up with him. We are seeing it so much, guys. Go for it, go for it. You win the locker room, you win the fans. Sometimes it's okay to kick. Sometimes it's okay to punt. It's still the old-fashioned thing is not dead, and I think he got conflicted between the two. I do. Without a doubt. To me, that was a decision, not letting them score as they were down there by the goal line because the decision to go for it, Duvernay's wide open. Lamar just throws it late because he's under pressure yeah, yeah, and ends up getting intercepted. He's wide open out of the route. But to me, hey, it's more about Buffalo. Buffalo okay. played an incredible game. Yeah. Harbaugh decided to go for it because the last five possessions for Buffalo, they were just moving the ball up and down the field. Yes, the first five, they struggled. You see it right there, three points, 63 total yards. But the last five drives of the game, 20 points, 263 yards. Harbaugh's on the sideline. He's watching the game unfold, and he says, hey, they can go down there and score. And he says, if. He didn't mean if. He just didn't want to disrespect his defense. Of course. When Josh Allen gets the ball back and he goes down, marches his team down, no and surprise. scores, our three points doesn't mean anything. So we want to score a touchdown so we can at least go into overtime. And we saw in that last drive, Josh Allen got the ball back and just marched him downfield to the point where they were just like, you know what? We'll just hold on to the ball. Wait, we'll Look kick three. Play. You have to be able to make these plays if you're the Ravens. Ravens defense. You saw Marcus Peters on the sideline. Fired up. At Harbaugh. Fired up at Harbaugh. They exchanged words. Don't know what was said. Might have been like, hey, we should have let him score. It should have been, hey, you maybe should have kicked the field goal. I don't know. But they could not stop this Buffalo Bills offense. And Josh Allen was able to overcome a slow start to be able to get a victory there in Baltimore. Okay, credit to the Bills. I want the points. I, just, yeah, I, want, I get it. I want the points. And I think yeah. if you put the points on the board for the field goal and you lose that game, no, I mean, yes, there's there's defensive issues, but are people going, why would you have taken the field goal? I just don't right. think that you're getting right. the same set of questions. I would have taken the points. I I, maybe I'm in the minority on this. <laughs> Apparently. Coming up, fans in London, or we got more hot shot highlights? Guess what? The nope. highlights keep coming. They I just, keep I'm coming. so excited about London. I'm so excited about London, too. And London's excited about the Packers, who are coming to London. Packers versus Patriots. All kinds of things in this game. Like, the Patriots got their quarterback knocked out. Rodgers was really bad in the first half and then in the fourth quarter. And with all the things going on, we have a field goal. That's Mason Crosby in overtime. I can't even begin to contextualize it because it was a crazy game. We'll try to unwrap it for you.
The bottom line is uh, the Packers won. Belichick smashed his headset. Matt LaFleur, <laughs> we'll probably hear it was all about Rodgers, but he's a great coach. 27-24 Packers. We'll get into the Giants in a bit. Uh, win. Giants are 3-1 going to London. That, how about it? <laughs> how cool. Let's go. <clears throat> Coming up, though. Sarah, you're talking about those fans in London. Oh, I just can't wait. They're so excited. They got a wild one yesterday. Imagine what, Imagine all the stupid British Cockney slangs we did over there. What would be the phrase for double doink? I can't even imagine, but I want to hear Jason say it. Highlights from the craziest game of the weekend right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Broncos, Raiders, Russell Wilson has started with a career-low 59.4 completion percentage. The Raiders get their first win. Thank God they have to have that one. They're 1-3. McDaniel's happy for him. Carr gets the win. Russell Wilson go to 2-2. Two two. Peter, Raiders on the board. Raiders are on the board. Can the Steelers or the Jets get their second win? It was Trubisky at one point, and then he goes on the sideline. They're putting in Pickett. We've got a new era here. Steelers fans were fired up. It's the Kenny Pickett era. Here we go. Jets safeties were crushed all week for some poor play last week. They came up huge in this game with three interceptions. Zach Wilson, first game in 10 months, comes out, and they somehow get the victory. Jets win 24-20. Pickett and Zach both made their 2022 season debuts, and here's what each of them had to say after what was a crazy victory for Gang Green. I was disappointed. You know, wanted to come in there and get the win. So that's really just the emotion, just disappointed we didn't come out with the outcome we worked so hard for. You know, definitely something that, you know, we need to learn from and move on. Well, I feel like I have a little bit of a different mentality this year. You know, it's do my job, give it everything I got, and, and live to play with the result. And I think everybody did too. You know, I, I feel like that was the first time, you know, as an offense, we didn't feel stagnant. We didn't feel, you know, timid. Uh, everyone was playing fast. We were, you know, right on cue with what the calls were. And, you know, so much fun playing in those situations. An impressive win for the Jets, a messy day for the Steelers. Peter, we'll start with you. Give me your biggest takeaway from this game. Down 10 <laughs> in Pittsburgh with that crowd, with that history. Jets never win in Pittsburgh. And uh, Salah said he's going to take receipts. Well, there's a CVS receipt, like the, like the size of this table <laughs> yes. right now. And I think it's, it's all about Zach Wilson in the fourth quarter. Zach did not play well the first three quarters. Mm -hmm. It was up and down, up and down. And then the fourth quarter, Zach Wilson comes out here, and he goes 10 of 12 for 128 yards, moves his team right down the the field. That's a different type of win. That's not a win where you're up the whole game and you're relying on your run game. This is a win you have to pull one out of a hat. And gosh, do I love seeing the way that this team responded. That's adversity. That's a young team coming back and showing fortitude. This team's 2-2. Two two. If you ask any Jets fan when they looked at the schedule back in August, like, what would you want after four games? If you said two and two, they'd say, sign me up. And Salah being so fired up like that gets me fired up. It's good to have football back in New York City. It's two and two, and it feels like 12 and 0. <laughs> it really does. Like, a buddy of mine tweeted yesterday, like, it was like, 
when's the last time Jets fans have felt this excited? And like the first gif was, you know, the, the old Titanic lady. It's been 84 years. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually has been five years. They haven't started two and two in five years. That's a long time. And there's just something. If it, it does in this town for that team, it feels like it might as well be 12 and 0. And then you start to get into like the magic of Wilson and the Moxie. I don't know if it's magic yet, but it's something like there's this whole story now that before the game winning drive, they went to Brees Hall and he's, what did Zach say in the huddle? And he said, let's go get a bleeping touchdown. Like that's New York. Like that's relatable. Let's yeah. do this thing. And he's working against a lot because he's such a cutie pie with the dimples and the blue eyes and stuff <laughs> to come across as like gritty New York. Like it's stuff like that. It's winning in Pittsburgh. When you say you get a bleeping touchdown, then you do. This is a great thing for the Jets. I don't know if it's sustainable. I have no idea. That's the first Jet in history, Jets quarterback, to catch a touchdown. It's never happened. There's something different happening, and I like it. Yeah, exactly. There's something different. This Wilson kid is bringing the juice with him. Like, okay, his first okay. game back, he's injured, missed the first four games, like Peter said. When he went down, Beckton went down, then they bring in Dwayne Brown, he goes down. So after four games to be two and two, it's amazing. But watching Zach Wilson out there, he catches a touchdown pass. They hit the, the double reverse and all of that yeah, nonsense, yeah, yeah. but he catches a touchdown pass. Yeah. And oh, out of the nonsense. Jets, you want to see some swag. You want to see the energy. Zach Wilson, I give him credit. I, I think the dance was okay. I think Jets fans, they were happy about it. He's in the end zone. So that's all that matters. And the gritty was pretty Barrios. good. Barrios, get in there too. Barrios with the blonde hair and everything going on. Platinum. That's the New York Jets right now. You gotta love it. Why is the gritty so racially charged all of a sudden? I got people they in, started in the booth they started saying, it. Oh, it was all right. I'm not even gonna name them. Like, it, it, why is this? Do we have to do yeah. this? Yeah. Wait, I have a question for you. Yes. You said he's Zach's working against a lot, the blue eyes, the dimples. Is that a tough draw for him? Has I think it, it is, yeah. yeah. Well, look, Sanchez had the same deal, and he's coming out with painted on white jeans, and Peter wrote the profile <laughs> And New Yorkers are, uh, uh, all right, go win. I mean, you can wear the fur coat if you're named, but you won a Super Bowl, so I think it's a lot. Uh, it's a good time to be a New York football fan. Brady gets beaten by Mahomes, 41-31. So here's the sound portion of this. Come for Brady wearing the crispest, whitest shirt I've ever seen, and stay for Todd Bowles going in on his defense. It's a team sport, so, you know, we didn't play great on offense. We didn't help them very much either, so we didn't do great in the first half. Too many missed opportunities on third down, turnovers. So, tough game, tough team. You know, they're a good team, but, you know, we got to play a lot better if we want to be good teams. We didn't play well. They did a good job, and they kicked our butts all over the field. Our red zone defense was poor. Our run defense was poor. Our pass defense was poor. Our third down efficiency was poor, and we played a poor game, and that falls on me. I'll take that. Todd, how do you feel? Yeah. yeah. I think that was an understated reaction, too, probably to what he said, actually, in the locker room. That's uh, a second straight loss for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. This is a defense that has been very, very good so far this season, guys, and, and that's not the same defense we saw last night. Peter, what is your cause for concern here right now with the Bucs? Well, look, last night was terrible. They gave up 12 third-down conversions, which, mm. like, is not even possible yeah. in a game. 12, you have 41 points, the most points that Todd Bowles has ever given up as, as a part of the Bucs staff, and they go up 189 rushing yards. I'm going to give them a pass. And I know you're watching and saying, you don't get to pass it. Do you understand what that team went through yeah, this week? They were fun. practicing in Miami. A lot of these guys thought that their homes might not be there when they return. And, and yeah. God God forbid that it would be that case. Now, fortunately, that for them, the Tampa area wasn't hit as hard as, as some of the terrible things that have happened with Hurricane Ian around it. Mm -hmm. But they were out of their own homes. They'd, I heard a story from a Bucks source that a lot of the staff members decided to drive back from Miami. And they got stuck in traffic. Some of them ran out of gas. Like, players were stuck in traffic for six hours to go. It was usually a 45-minute ride on the highway. Mm. You know Tampa. Like, th that 
community right now, it, football was not on the forefront for mm. anyone's mind. So I'm going to say in this interesting thing, and not to get like on the silly side of it, but I think Greg Allman does a great job covering it for The Athletic. He said he spoke with Tim Jiraki, the Bucks director of team operations. He was talking about relocating the team and the families mm-hmm. during the week. He said the travel party included 18 dogs, a rabbit, yes, rookie guard Luke Gadecki's pet rabbit named Cletus made the trip. Like you got you're, the ta- you're talking about everything that was going into moving your team, coming back, and then, oh yeah, Mahomes is coming in fired up from losing last week. I'm going to say no cause for concern right now for the Buccaneers. I'm going to wash that one completely away. It's embarrassing to lose that way, especially on national television, but if you've ever been through a week like those Buccaneers players and staff went through, I think you get a pass for this one week. Wow. I'm still getting used to like sitting next to like an NFL insider. Talk about it. But you just knew the name of the rabbit, That's Cletus. Right. Rabbit is named Cletus. It's uh-huh. rookie guard Luke Gadecki's pet. That's an NFL insider right there. That, that, is that was impressive. me stealing from another good reporter. But you knew, you, knew, you, knew, you knew where to go to get it, yeah. to report it. That's exactly right. So all of that. Yeah, I'm not going to go crazy. For me, watching this Bucks offense, they came alive. So that was the main takeaway. Yes, they lost the game. The defense was bad last night, but they've been incredible. They'll get back on track. But Brady, Brady was so impressive. This guy threw for over 300 yards, 385 yards. They scored 31 points. The offense finally got things going. And that was the most important part because they had struggled. They had only scored three touchdowns in their first three games. So seeing that, seeing them be able to do these things, getting the ball to Mike Evans in his return. Didn't have him last week because of the suspension. Julio had been hurt. Godwin had been hurt. And then you see Mike Evans back out there. Two incredible touchdown passes. Brady just looked more comfortable having his main target out there. And that, for me, was the big takeaway. Because if I'm a Bucs fan and I'm watching this game and I finally see Mike out there and he's making touchdown catch after touchdown catch, Brady's able to get him the ball. Just like, all right, like we're going to be fine. And Sarah, you know this area well. You know this team well. Yeah, look, it definitely, and we heard Brady say this this week, it's definitely not the normal routine, and you know that football players, they love a routine. Mm -hmm. And as much as they tried to keep things on track and here's the same time we would practice and they tried to take away the concern of safety and and family safety they didn't want guys worrying about the safety of the lives the ones they loved Mm -hmm. and that's what that was their first issue that they were trying to handle and they felt if they could handle that part then the rest is just it's football it's a game and there's so many more serious things going on in the state of florida but to your point it's really hard to simulate you got people I, i was told that there was kids and dogs running all over the hotel it was just not a normal week there isn't gas is tough to come by in florida i know i I came from there to come up here. And so it was not a normal week. This is a Bucks team, though, that typically corrects things that go wrong. We see them do that. So this was a bad game against the Chiefs. You better believe that defense probably is not going to look like that again if you know Todd Bowles and what these guys do. The other thing that I thought was interesting is, is being down in Tampa, one of the pervading themes has been these slow starts for the Buccaneers. They have given This defense has been lights out, mm-hmm. and yet they've given up points every time on the first drive of the game. Every single first drive of the game, that defense has given up points. So they have made it a point, like we cannot have a bad start. We cannot have a slow start. Out of the gate. Right, you know, they fumble like the, the kickoff. I mean, only because, and I wouldn't say that that's a big deal, but only because it has been hammered down there what's going on with the starts. So, not only did they have the, the fumble on the opening drive of the game, and then they go down, the Chiefs march down and score. And like, clearly, that's not why they lost the game, but it is interesting because they keep getting hammered on the same point. And, and what happened last night is certainly not going this to alleviate yes. any of that. I mean, you just, this does not make an entire game, but man, when you talk about momentum and you talk about 
trying to quiet a crowd, that certainly doesn't help. And then they're playing from behind the whole time. I know. I felt like Kelsey was in the end zone 11 seconds right. in the game. And yeah. it was like, they're already dancing already. Pacheco on kick coverage, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I thought this everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Peter, you're having a Pacheco moment. I love it. I, 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 I want that 10 Pacheco jersey. <laughs> just, just tell the camera. You're, you're, I want that 10 Pacheco jersey. <laughs> we'll get you the Ruckers one, too. I'll the, wear the that number one, one Ruckers one. We'll get you that. Oh, the Ruckers? All right, we'll have to find his high school jersey. Brady is 2 and 2. You know, and um, with due respect to all the things that went into it, like, at the end, Brady is a home field advantage type guy. And at the end of the season, he's going to want that. I just, I looked at him like, has Brady ever been 2-2? Two and two? How often? Brady's been 2-2 two and two seven times, which is shocking to me. Mm-hmm. And four of those seven times, he ends up in the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. that's a hell of a stat. That is a everybody <laughs> chill stat. However, he got rocked last night. Rocked. Like, I, I you don't see Brady get hit like this. It, it just, uh, he's so good. He's so good at avoiding that hit. Mm-hmm. 45-year-old dude. And I, I thought that was the moment, and I was terrified. And I, I went back to, who was it, Bernard Pollard back in the day in the Matt Castle season. I said, oh, no, oh, no, it's over, it's over. Thank God it wasn't because he grabbed a collarbone or a shoulder, and this can't, this can't continue, guys. It, not at his age, not with that team. I don't know if that was just an anomaly and they got a free runner and Brady didn't see it, but, like, he won't make it through the season like that, and I hate even saying that out loud, but that can't happen. And I guess he's all right. Like, he was finished the game and everything, but really, really tough. I'm not worried about them starting two and two. Seven times doing that, I'm worried about him being horizontal like that. I would also say, I don't know if any team in the NFL was beating the Chiefs last night. Like, that's how good they were. And to your point, Brady, if there ever was a leader to look at his team and say, okay, we're two and two, we've lost two home games in a row, like, Mm -hmm. we're going to be all right, we're Mm -hmm. in good hands, I think he's the guy. Well, they get to play the Panthers twice, and that'll be Tasty, you know. Yeah. So Panthers rough right <laughs> and now. And the Saints rough. another time. And the Saints, yeah. Falcon. Yeah, That'll be tasty. Be they so. down there. I mean, there's there's no scenario of panic. This is the guy that can bring anybody back from. There's not a deficit this team is ever in. Yeah. They probably still thought they were going to win that game yeah. with five minutes to go in the game. I mean, that's that's what Brady does. Coming up on Good Morning Football, which plays from Week Four had us jumping out of our seats? We are going to give our picks straight ahead. Plus, we need to get to Sarah's connection to the Aaron Judge home run chase, which is people are dying for. I need to hear that. We all need to hear. It. <laughs> Plus. The more NFC East, more like NFC Beast. If you know me, that's how I talk on the show. Which team from the East is having the more impressive start to their season? That's me puns. reading teleprompter. You do love puns. We'll give you our thoughts next with an exclamation point. More like NFC Beast. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Eagles are 4-0, and 4-0 is 4-0. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are rolling. Here's what the QB1 had to say about their undefeated start. I think today this team didn't flinch. We found a way. We didn't flinch. We persevered. Um, we were unwavering in how we played. Nothing was able to deny us. Um, and I, I'm so proud of how this team played, how we handled the conditions outside. You got crosswinds going 20 to 30 miles per hour. It's in the 50s, and it's just raining sideways, and we're able to be be pretty efficient in everything that we did. That's a great team win. Take a look at the standings here in the NFC East because this is a fact. This is indisputable. This is the best division, record-wise, in the NFL. Look at these teams. Eagles, Cowboys, Giants. Awesome. 
Well, commanders at the bottom there. But but other than that, best mm-hmm. division in the NFL currently, guys. Who's had the more surprising start to the season here, though? The Giants, Jason, or the unbeaten Eagles? Yeah, I'm going with the Giants. I mean, the Giants are in a rebuild. They got a new coach, Brian Dable. The expectations were low. We watched Saquon earlier in training camp. He got went on a podcast. They talked to him, and he was just like, F everybody, I am going to go crazy. And that's because everybody was writing him off. He's injury riddled. We don't know if he can be that same guy from his rookie season. And he has been unbelievable. The Giants don't know who their quarterback's going to be. It can just be Saquon Barkley. Let's just line up in the Wildcat. Saquon, you just do your thing. Daniel Jones, you come in, just get the snap and just hand it off to Saquon. And Giants fans are fired up. I'm riding into the studio today, six o'clock in the morning. Working, walking to work, Giants hoodie on, proud. Oh, yeah. The Veterans November, that edition, but they're fired up. Everybody's talking about it. They're all over the newspaper. So for me, it's definitely the Giants. The Eagles, the expectations were high for them. The question marks around Jalen Hurts, yes. But this Giants football team, 3-1 and one right now, heading across the pond to London. The record's great. It's their style of football mm. that I think is so surprising and what's so endearing to Giants fans. Ian was joking that I was referencing every Giant from the 1980s. This is how they played. This is how it was. They had three tight end sets there 17 different times yesterday. On one of them, Daniel Jones running a bootleg, and you've got three tight ends who are not household names out there just blocking for them, and Daniel Jones is running for a touchdown. You're talking three tight end sets. This brings me back to the aforementioned Zeke Moat and Mark Bavaro and Howard Cross. And that's how the Giants used to play. It would be a handoff to Otis Anderson or Joe Morris or Rodney Hampton, and you'd win a game 17-10, to 10, or you'd win a game 20-12, to 12, as was the case here. Both quarterbacks hurt. Daniel Jones, 76 yards rushing. I don't think he had uh, many yards passing. And you go through the receiving yards. I think their leading receiver was Darius Slayton with one catch. Guess what? This isn't how football's supposed to be played in 2022, but this is what it's going to take for the Giants to be competitive. And if it's Saquon's last year with the Giants contract-wise and yeah. Daniel Jones's last year, Maybe. they are riding them to the very end. And I'll tell you that, Saquon might get 100 touches a game, and the Giants would say, well, let's see how the uh, contract situation works out. <laughs> yeah. This is a fun Giants-style football. It's a reminiscent one, and those uniforms were perfect yesterday. Every Giants fan who's been with this team for 20 or 30 years knows this brand of football. Maybe the, the air raid football that's taken over the NFL that doesn't really fit Giants football, especially in those conditions in that building. Mm-hmm. The uniforms were perfect, but the Eagles are actually perfect, and it's not that big of a surprise that they're good, and it is a huge surprise that the Giants are through one. It's a surprise how good Jalen Hurts has been. True. Peter brought it up. Is this the MVP of the league? We, we, we knew he had a lot of questions about this guy, a ton. He did not look ready in that playoff game last year. He did not look super ready in the preseason. He was Mr. WIP for the whole preseason. This guy's been, he's been unbelievable. I, I don't know if there is a cooler player in the league right now. I like how he plays. I like how he talks. I like how he dresses. I like how he runs. Like, everything about him is unbelievably likable, including his college background and all he went through there. He's been awesome. This is the hugest surprise in the league for me, not even the NFCs, how good Jalen Hurts has been. And they're 4-0. They got an interesting matchup against Kyler this week. And then the big one, Dallas National TV. Dallas, who has owned Philadelphia, who smashed them twice last year. That's a big time. I mean, if they get to 6-0, they're already the biggest story in the league. I, I really do think so. I cannot believe how good Jalen Hurts has been. We, we, we picked him to win the division. All that's not a surprise. 3-1, and one, he's playing fine. He's been spectacular. Not good, not great, spectacular. He's been great. The Eagles, we expected to be good. The Giants at 3-1. and one. You were talking about the Jets. Oh, you'd be it's happy nuts. with 2-2. Two and 3-1. Two. Yeah. Yeah, it's, nice. it's really impressive. 
but not as it just impressive their record. It's how they're getting it done. I mean, I know you're talking about how they're getting it done, but you mentioned one of the Darius Slayton one reception who he's had to work with. I mean, they're they're missing guys left. Look, look at his stars and what they've done. Kenny Galladay two receptions. Kadarius Tony he's been out. Wondell Robinson he's been out. Yeah. Sterling Shepard out for the season. I mean, you just listed uh, everybody I can list on offense here. Yeah. And now who's left? And yet this team is three and one. So I think props to the Giants. Props to Dable for what he's done there and, and turning this thing around and getting it going in the right direction. But, you know, especially a huge kudos for how they are doing it given the roster that is out because I know that there's no excuses in this league and I know every team will say nobody feels sorry for us, but the reality of the situation is the Giants are dealing with big names being out, not a lot to go to, and yet it hasn't mattered. It hasn't forced them to stumble. Uh, they got creative even in mid-game with Daniel Jones being injured and, and how they were right. taking it. It's insane. And so, again, I think a lot of that credit Dable and what he is doing and what he's got these guys believing in. Really impressive. Even more so impressive when you look at who's been out. I think they've been great. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you didn't see it, Daniel Jones goes out. Tyrod goes out. Saquon is playing quarterback. Not only for like a play, for basically a series and they didn't even blink. They're that type of team. And I think it's Dable. He's been awesome. And I think, too, but when you talk about that mentality of when you want a guy that goes, oh, let's go for it. Mm-hmm. You want like Saquon. No problem. I'll go in a quarterback. No problem. I got it. Like, no like, no big deal. And like, that, I think, fires people up, right? Like, Does. throw us more adversity we'll handle it and that's what they've been doing you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.